Welcome to the Canada Abroad Podcast. I'm Deanne Akers-Lance, your host for this week. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the Atlantic Immigration Pilot Program and what is required to be eligible to use this program to immigrate to Canada. The Atlantic Immigration Pilot Program has become one of the most sought-after programs of people trying to immigrate to Canada. And the reason for this is there's a lot of misinformation out on the internet about this program and what's actually required to be eligible to apply through this program. So for this week's episode, we're hopefully going to explain the program in depth enough so that you understand whether or not you would qualify and the actual requirements to apply through this program. Now, the Atlantic Immigration Pilot Program is a temporary program, meaning that they are basically testing it out to see how it is going and if it's going to work for the Atlantic community. It was designed so that employers in the Atlantic provinces could bring in foreign workers to fill positions that they couldn't find locals to fill. So maybe there's always a shortage in those fields or there's just not enough skills in the provinces. Now, this program has been extended, and it's going to run until December 2021. So if you are listening to this after that date, just make sure that this program has been extended again, or if it's changed to a different type of program. Now, the Atlantic Pilot Program has three programs that can be used for employers trying to hire a candidate. They each have their own individual requirements, and they're for different types of jobs. There's the Atlantic International Graduate Program, the Atlantic High Skilled Program, and the Atlantic Intermediate Skilled Program. We're now going to go through each of these programs in depth and the specific requirements that you need to achieve to qualify under each of these programs. The first program that we're going to be looking at is the Atlantic Immigration Pilot Program for International Graduates. Now, to be eligible for this program, you need to first show that you have graduated from at least a two-year degree diploma certificate or trade qualification from a recognized publicly funded institution in an Atlantic province. So if you have not graduated with at least a two-year program in an Atlantic province institution, you won't qualify for the specific stream. You must have been a full-time student for the entire duration of your studies, so you could not have been a part-time student. You have to have graduated from this eligible institution in the last 24 months before you submit your application for permanent residence. So if, for instance, you are applying for a job through this program and you graduated exactly 24 months ago, you may run into a problem because when you finally get the documents to go ahead and submit your application for permanent residence, it would be outside of the 24-month period. So just make sure that you are aware of these timelines. You must have lived in the Atlantic province of the institution granting the qualification to you for at least 16 months within the 24 months preceding the day the credential was granted. So if you studied at an institution in Nova Scotia, then you had to have lived for 16 months within 24 months before the degree was granted 
in Nova Scotia and not another province. You must have had the appropriate visa to complete that study or training in Canada. So you could not have studied illegally and then tried to use this program to stay permanently. Your study or training could not have been a English or French as a second language course, and it could not have been distance learning for more than half of the language, sorry, half of the length of the program. Again, um, if perhaps you're completing your program now, there are certain exemptions in place for COVID, but we're just talking about the normal requirements at this time. As part of this program, you will be required to go through an approved language test. So you need to do one of the tests that is approved for either English or French, and you need to manage to get a CLB level four in each section of the test. So reading, writing, listening, and speaking. Or if you're doing the French test, it's the NCLC level four in each section of the test. With this program, you will be required to show that you have what's called proof of funds. So this is basically showing them that you have enough money to support yourself and your accompanying family members, so your spouse and dependent children, when you first arrive in Canada. Now, the amount of funds required is dependent on the number of family members that you are going to be bringing with you. And this amount of settlement funds is substantially less than what is required through the programs that use express entry. So as an example, as a single applicant, you'd only have to have $3,240 Canadian available. And if you were a family of six, you would only need to have $7,702 Canadian available. So this is a lot easier for certain families to be able to prove. And that's why it's also become quite sought after for certain people who aren't able to show the higher amount of settlement funds required for a federal skilled worker application as an example. Once you've managed to meet those basic requirements, the next step is that you need to find a job offer and it needs to be an eligible job offer. So what this means is the employer who's giving you this offer needs to be designated as an employer taking part in the Atlantic immigration pilot by the Atlantic province where you'll be working. So whether this is New Brunswick, Newfoundland, Labrador, Nova Scotia, or Prince Edward Island, and they need to have a confirmation of designation form from the applicable province. So if you are looking at jobs and you think that the employer is part of this program, you would just want to confirm because if they're not, then you couldn't go through this specific program. The job being offered you has to be full time, meaning that you're going to be working at least 30 hours per week and you must be paid for your work. So no volunteer jobs allowed. The job must not be seasonal. So what this means is it's a consistent schedule regular throughout the year. So it's not something where four months of the year you're working full time and the other months you're laid off. You have to be working throughout the year. The job that's being offered to you has to be a skill type or level O, A, B, or C. And the employer has to be offering you a job that is at least for a one-year duration. So if it's a six-month contract, it's not going to qualify. It has to be for a full year or longer. The next program that we're going to be looking at is the Intermediate Skilled Worker Program under the Atlantic Immigration Pilot. 
Now, the first thing that you need to be able to prove to be eligible under this program is that in the last three years that you have worked for the equivalent of 1,560 hours. Now, this is the equivalent of one year of working 30 hours per week, so the definition of full-time for Canada. And when you're calculating this time, it has to have been done in one occupation. So it could not be an accumulation of different occupations. All of this work has to have been done in one occupation. Now, you can count part-time and full-time jobs to accumulate these hours. They can be with different employers, but just not different positions. You must have been paid for all of these hours, so none of them could have been volunteer unpaid internships. You can't count any hours where you were self-employed. So you actually would have to have documents to prove that you were an employee. Any self-employed time cannot be counted towards this total. The working hours can be from inside or outside of Canada. If they were done inside Canada, you would just have to prove that they were done on a valid permit. And the hours must have been accumulated over a period of at least 12 months. Now, when you are using this work experience, you have two options. Your work experience has to have either been in skill level C. So this is a job that usually requires a secondary education or specific job training. Or you have to have work experience as either a registered nurse or a registered psychiatric nurse. So this is NOC code 3012 or as a licensed practical nurse, which is NOC code 3233. And in addition to that, you also have to have a job offer as either a nurse's aide, orderly, or patient services associate under NOC code 3413, or as a home support worker under NOC code 4412. So you either have to meet the first requirement, which is the work experience is skill level C, or the work experience is as a registered nurse or registered psychiatric nurse, or as a licensed practical nurse, and you have one of those qualifying job offers. If you are in a higher skilled occupation, um, management or A level, B level, then this is not the program for you, unless you are one of those approved nurses. Now, in addition to this, in terms of education, you have to have a high school qualification or a post-secondary certificate, diploma, or degree from a recognized institution. Now, if you have a foreign degree, diploma, or certificate, or you did your high school outside of Canada, you need to have an educational credential assessment report to prove that your qualification is equal to a Canadian qualification. Now, if you do have one of these educational credential assessments already completed, just remember that they're only valid for five years from the date of issue. So if it's older than five years, you would need to get an updated report. In addition to that, you're also going to have to prove your language abilities in English or French. And for this program, you will need to prove that you can have a, or have achieved, a CLB level four in reading, writing, listening, and speaking on an approved English test. Or if you're doing a French test, 
that you have a NCLC level four in each of those sections. If it is below that, then it will not qualify. And if your test results are older than two years old, you would need to do a new test to be used for this program. And with this part of this program, you will have to show proof of funds as well. And the funds requirement for this program are the same as for the international graduate. We will provide some information in the details below this podcast so that you can see what the requirement is based on your specific family size. Now, once you've shown that you have the required work experience, education, language abilities, and funds required, you need to get a job offer. Now, again, the employer has to have been designated as an employer taking part in the Atlantic Immigration Pilot by the province where you'll be working. The job must be full-time, meaning at least 30 hours per week and non-seasonal. The job skill type has to be O, A, B, or C. And your employment needs to be permanent. So this means there's no set end date. This is not the same as the international graduate where it had to be at least one year. Here it has to be permanent. And you must meet the employment requirements for the job that you're being offered. So if you're being offered a job and you cannot meet the requirements of that job, you will not be able to go through this program. Now, once you've received that job offer, then you can go ahead and apply through this program and submit your application with all of your supporting documents. And in addition to this, you would be eligible to apply for a work permit. And that is based on your application being approved by the Atlantic Immigration Pilot. So typically what is going to happen is once your job offer has been approved, you're going to be given two different letters. One is to state that you've been approved and you can now apply for permanent residence. And this is a paper-based application that physically gets sent in via mail or courier. And the second letter allows you to apply for a work permit to begin working in Canada while you're waiting for that permanent residence to be approved. The last program that we're going to be looking at is the High Skilled Workers Program under the Atlantic Immigration Pilot. The first requirement for this program is proving that you have skilled work experience. And what this is, is they want to see in the last three years that you have worked the equivalent of 1,560 hours, or this would be the equivalent of one year of working at least 30 hours per week in an occupation code which is designated as O, A, or B. Now, when you're calculating these hours, you can include work that was done part-time or full-time. The hours must have been in one occupation code, but they can be with different employers. So you couldn't, as an example, um, claim six months as an accountant and six months as a financial manager because they actually fall under different occupation codes. So all of this time that you're using for this application, it has to fall within one occupation. You must have been paid for these working hours. So again, nothing that was volunteered or an unpaid internship. 
You can't count any hours where you were self-employed, so you need to be an employee, and you would have to be able to provide documents to show that you're actually an employee of the business. The work experience and these hours could have been accumulated inside or outside of Canada. Again, if you were in Canada when you accumulated these hours, you would have to show that you're on a valid permit that allowed you to work. And the hours have to have been accumulated over a period of at least 12 months. So if you did uh, condensed work experience within six months, they want to see that it was done over at least 12 months. Now, the next requirement is in terms of your education. You have to have either a Canadian high school qualification or post-secondary certificate, diploma or degree from a recognized institution. If you obtained your education from outside of Canada, you would have to show that you had a valid educational credential assessment that shows that you have the equivalent of at least a Canadian high school qualification or a post-secondary certificate, diploma, or degree. These educational credential assessments are only valid for five years, so you would need to be able to show that it was issued within the last five years. And they will look at that date as of the date that they receive your permanent residence application. You will have to do an approved language test for this program as well. And if you're doing an English language test, you have to prove that you have a CLB level four in listening, reading, writing, and speaking. And if you're doing a French test, you have to show that you have an NCLC level four in each section of the test. Now, whether it's English or French, the test cannot be any older than two years from the date you wrote the test. If it is, you will need to write the test again, and they will look at this date as of the date they receive your application for permanent residence. As with the other programs, you will be required to show that you have enough funds for your family size. And the last step of this program is that, again, you need to get a qualifying job offer. So the employer, again, has to be a designated employer taking part in the Atlantic immigration pilot, and they have to be in a province where you will be working. So if they will, you know, if they are employing you in New Brunswick, but they've only been approved for Prince Edward Island, that will not work. The job that you're being offered has to be full-time, so at least 30 hours per week. It cannot be seasonal, meaning it's a consistent and regular schedule. It has to be in a skill level O, A, or B position. You have to be getting paid for your work, so nothing that's voluntary. And the employer is offering you a job that will last for at least one year, from the time you become a permanent resident. So not from when you start on the work permit, but one year from the time you become a permanent resident. Now, those are the basic requirements of the three different programs that exist under the Atlantic Immigration Pilot Program. Now we're gonna go through the checklist for these programs so that you can get an idea of any additional documents that you might need if you're looking at going through this program or if you've already gotten your invitation to apply for this program and you're not sure what documents you're going to need to start gathering. The first checklist that we're going to be looking at is for the international graduates. 
Now, we're not going to go over the specific application forms that you need as those are available through the Canadian government website, but more a list of the supporting documents you'll need so you are aware of whether you're going to be able to meet the requirements or not. The first requirement is that you have a valid travel document for you and any accompanying spouse, common-law partner, or dependent children. And it has to be a regular passport, so they don't accept diplomatic, official, you know, service or public affairs passports. And if you live in a country or a territory that is not your nationality, you need to show that you have a valid permit to be residing in that country. You need to have proof of your language test that is no older than two years at the date they receive your application. You need to have your proof of Canadian education or your educational credential assessment to prove that your qualification is on par with a Canadian. You need to have proof of funds for your family size. Now, these funds need to be transferable and available. They cannot be borrowed. And the documents that you're going to need to prove this is current bank statements or a certification letter from your bank, evidence of savings balance, um, and deposit statements. The next thing that they're going to look for is identity and civil documents. So you need to provide these documents for you and then your spouse or common law partner as applicable. So birth certificates, legal documents to show any name changes. You need to show your marriage certificate, a death certificate if you or your spouse or common law partner were previously in a relationship with someone who passed away. And if you are in a common law relationship and not married, you'll have to provide a statutory declaration of common law union as opposed to that marriage certificate. And in addition to that declaration, they would want to see documents that have both of your names on it, such as copies of joint bank account statements, utility bills, or leases. You need to have proof that you lived in Atlantic province for at least 16 months within 24 months before you obtained your educational credential. So this could include rental or lease agreements, utility bills, phone bills, bank statements, those types of things to show where you were living. You need to show that you are legally authorized to study or work in Canada, so your study permit, entry stamps, visas. If you're applying and you're still in Canada, you need to show that you have valid temporary status, so you're not there illegally at the moment. If you have children that are included in the application, you would need their unabridged birth certificates. So these are the ones that list both of their parents' names on it. If your child was adopted, you would need adoption papers issued by the national authorities showing the legal approved adoption of the dependent child. Or if you have custody, you would have to show that you have proof of full custody for any child under 18 and that the children can be removed from the jurisdiction of the court. If the other parents of your child is not accompanying you to Canada, you are going to have to submit a signed statutory declaration from non-accompanying parent guardian for minors immigrating to Canada. You have to submit one form for each child and a copy of the non-accompanying parent's photo ID showing their signature. So in some cases, this becomes a difficult challenge for one of the parents to get the other parent to sign it. So just something that you need to be aware of. 
You need to get a police certificate from each country or territory where you have lived for six months or more in a row since the age of 18. You can submit them with the application, but if you're not able to obtain all of them and have them available with your application, you can submit without them. Although you are strongly encouraged to submit it with the application or to take steps to avoid delays in future to start applying for them as soon as possible. Now for this application type, because with each application type, there's different rules, but here they say, police certificates are generally considered to be valid for one year or more from the date of issue. You are going to have to have two physical photos of yourself, your accompanying spouse or common law partner, and each dependent child. And on the back of one of those photos, you will be writing their name, date of birth, the place the photo was taken and the date, and the other photograph remains blank. You will also have to pay your application fees and submit them with the application. Now we're going to be going on to the next program type. The next program type is the intermediate skilled worker program. And if you'll remember for this one, it's only for the people in a C level occupation or there's certain nursing backgrounds. Now, a lot of the documents are the same for this type of application. So you will need a valid travel document passport for each member of the family that's included in the application. You will have to have your proof of an approved language test that is no older than two years old. You will have to have your proof of education. If it was completed in Canada, then the degree copies or certificate copies. If it was not, you'll have to have that valid educational credential assessment that's no older than five years old. You need to have proof of previous relevant work experience. Now, if you'll recall, there's certain specific things that they are looking for here. So it's at least 12 months of authorized full-time or part-time equivalent work experience within the six, 36 months before your application is received. So not the day mailed off, but the, dis, the date that they receive it. Okay. Now with this program, it has to be skill level C work experience that you have or work experience under NOC code 3012 or 3233. Um, and those are only if you have a job offer in NOC code 3413 or 4412. Now the documents that they're looking for to prove the relevant work experience is copy of your most recent work permit if you are in Canada, employer reference letters for the periods of work experience. So with these letters, they need to be on company letterhead. They need to include the specific period of your employment, so to and from. A description of your main responsibilities and duties so they can actually see what occupation code it falls within. You would need to list the corresponding NOC code or have the employer listed if you can provide it to them. It needs to state your total annual salary and benefits, the number of hours you work per week, and it needs to include the employer's name, signature, full address, telephone number, and email address as applicable. If you are working in Canada, you can include copies of your T4 or your notice of assessment. And you can also include work contracts or pay slips. After this, you're going to have to show the required proof of funds for your family size. 
if you're applying from within Canada, again, you need to provide proof that you are in Canada on valid status. If you have children going with you, you'll have to provide their unabridged birth certificate, or if they are adopted, the relevant adoption papers to prove it was a legal adoption. If there is a custody agreement in place, you need to prove that you have full custody of the child and that they can be removed from the jurisdiction of the court. If the child's parent, the other parent, is not accompanying you to Canada, you have to submit a signed statutory declaration from non-accompanying parent guardian for minors immigrating to Canada. And for you and your spouse or common law partner, you need a birth certificate. It does not specify that it needs to be unabridged. You need to show any name changes. So if you were married, um, this is maybe where you would need an unabridged marriage certificate to show your maiden name and then your married name. If you or your spouse were previously married and divorced, you would need divorce decrees or annulment documents. Or if the previous spouse passed away their death certificates. Again, if you are in a common law relationship, you need to prove that you have been living together for at least 12 months continuously before the date of submitting your application. And you'd have to complete a statutory declaration of common law union and include supporting documents such as joint lease agreements, joint bank statements, um, joint utility bills, or anything else to prove that you have been living at that same address. Again, you will need police clearances for every country lived in for six or more months in a row since the age of 18. If you're not able to get them in place before submitting the application, you can submit them later. And they are considered valid for one year from the date that they were issued. Again, you will need two physical photos of each family member and you will need to pay your application fees up front and include them in your envelope. Now, the last application type that we are going to be going through is for the high-skilled program. And again, we're just going to skip over the application forms and just focus on the supporting documents that you will need. Again, it's pretty much exactly what we just went through. So travel documents, valid passports for each family member. You're going to need your valid language test and proof that it was completed in the last two years as of the day your application was received. So again, not the date that it was mailed, but the date that they receive it. You need to have proof that you have the minimum required education. If it was not obtained in Canada, you have to have that valid educational credential assessment that was issued in the last five years. You need to show that you have at least 12 months of full-time or part-time equivalent work experience in the 36 months before this application is received. Again, not the day it was mailed off, but the date it was actually received. And that work experience has to have been in skill level or type O, A, or B. It cannot be any periods of self-employment. It has to be all in one occupation. And you would be required, again, if you're working in Canada, proof of your valid work status, so your current work permit. The employer would provide a reference letter for the period of work. So if you had more than one employer, you will need more than one letter. It needs to outline the specific dates that you worked from, so to and from. A description of your main duties and responsibilities so that they can confirm you worked under the occupation code that you've chosen. It needs to list your total annual salary and any benefits that you received. 
needs to list specifically the number of hours that you worked per week. It needs to be on company letterhead and include your employer's name, signature, full address, telephone number, and email address. If you are working in Canada, again, you can use your T4s and notice of assessment as supporting documents. And as always, you can include work contracts and pay slips to go with that letter of employment. For this application type, you will have to provide proof of funds for your family size. So again, this is going to be current bank statements or certification letter from your bank, evidence of savings balances or any deposit statements. These funds have to be transferable and available for settlement in Canada, and they should not be borrowed from another person. If you're applying from within Canada, as always, you need to prove that you have valid temporary status. You and your spouse or common law partner will have to provide your birth certificates and appropriate marriage or common law documents as well for any previous relationships that either of you had. If any children will be accompanying you, you need to include those unabridged birth certificates. So again, that is the birth certificate which lists the mother and father's details. If your child is adopted, you would have to have the appropriate adoption papers. And if there is any custody agreements in place, you'd have to have full custody of the child and approval to remove them from the jurisdiction of the court. And again, if the other parent is not accompanying you to Canada, you are going to have to get them to sign a statutory declaration from a non-accompanying parent or guardian for minors immigrating to Canada. And that is going to have to be submitted with the application as well of a copy of their photo ID showing their signature. So you're going to need cooperation from them to get these documents. Anyone in the application who is 18 or over is going to need to submit police clearances for any country that they have lived in for six months or longer since the age of 18. And these police clearances are considered to be valid for one year from the date of issue. So again, this doesn't apply to all programs. It's just for this one specifically and the Atlantic Pilot Project that we are going through. Each family member will need to provide two physical photos of themselves, and you will need to include the government fees with this application. Now, all three of these application types are paper-based applications, meaning that they are submitted via mail or courier. So there is no completing these through the online express entry system. There is no online application for this program. This is going to be submitted via the mail. So don't get confused about that. And as mentioned previously, you might be able to get a work permit while you're waiting for this permanent residence to be approved. If you are eligible for one of these work permits, it's going to be valid for one year. And you're only allowed to work for the employer who has offered you the job that you used to qualify under this program. So you couldn't work for a different employer. If you're going to apply for this type of work permit, you have to send your permanent residence application within 90 days of submitting your work permit application. So not 90 days from it being approved, but 90 days of submitting it. If it is approved, the work permit that is, it doesn't mean they're automatically going to approve your permanent residence. There could still be documents that are missing or not quite adequate, and they can still refuse that permanent resident application. Now, to be eligible to apply for this work permit, you have to have a job offer from a designated employer that meets the requirements of the program you're applying under. 
you need to have a referral letter from the Atlantic province where you'll be working. When submitting these applications, if you have a spouse or common law partner who is going to be accompanying you, they can also apply for an open work permit. If your occupation is listed as skill type O, A, or B, or C under the National Occupational Classification. So this means that both of you could then be issued with work permits. Your spouse's work permit would be valid for the same duration as your own. And with these applications, these can be submitted online. You don't have to go through the paper route for these applications. Now, we've gone through the three different programs under the Atlantic Immigration Pilot, but what stands out is that for any of these programs, you're always going to have to have a job offer from an eligible employer. None of these programs allow you to apply for permanent residence without having that valid job offer in place. Now, a reason that this program became so popular was that, number one, the settlement funds were a lot lower than other programs such as the Federal Skilled Worker. And they sort of advertise that there are a lot of jobs available and that foreign workers are in demand. This is true with certain skill types, but not all. So the, the hard part really is to find that job offer and ensure that your employer is authorized under the Atlantic Immigration Pilot, or if they're not, that they can get approved and that they can put your job offer through this program. So if you are looking to immigrate to Canada, this is definitely an option, but in all cases, it is going to be dependent on a job offer. If you are looking for ways to immigrate to Canada without having to have a job offer in place, you can go back to one of our previous episodes where we specifically discuss how to immigrate to Canada without a job offer. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Canada Abroad podcast, and we hope that you'll tune in to our next episode. Thank you.